Well, it's, we're going to start Luke 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, and I'm going to start us off in prayer this morning, and then we will we'll get going. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning, and Jesus, I lift up every life here this morning, God. I thank you, God, every, every situation, every circumstance this morning, God, and, and Lord, you know every one of those, God, and I thank you that you are, are here, God, to meet with us, Lord. We ask, God, that your word... God would never return void, but it accomplished what it sent out to do. And Lord, we thank you for your anointing, God, that breaks the stronghold in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and we're going to read through a few verses. Uh, It says, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed in to push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Did I say that wrong? I think I did. Okay, let me read it. Let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, that it's interesting that Jesus got in the boat before he asked Peter if he could borrow the boat. And uh, I think because he knew if he got in the boat, Peter would not. It's like, who's going to tell Jesus no? I mean, right? He, he gets in the boat and he says, hey, Peter, can I borrow your boat? As if he's going to be able to say no to him, right? I mean, I know that we think we could say no, but, you know, that'd be a little awkward. He's like, hey, row me out. It's like, dude, you're not, you're not borrowing my boat. Like, that's mine. Like, you know, go back to like your, when you're five years old. That's mine. And, uh, but he says, push me out a little bit into the distance and let me speak to the crowds. And as I was thinking about this, I, I just began to think about how, how this story just begins to unravel itself. And Peter is caught in this storm and he's sitting in this situation, not in the storm literally, but he's sitting in this situation in his life where uh, you know, he's, he's, faith, he's faced with some limitations. And I don't know about you this morning, but I think at the end of the day, we're all, we've all faced limitations. We've all faced some shortcomings in our lives where, where, where we thought we were going to be really good at, we didn't measure up, or where we thought something would turn out a certain way, didn't turn out the way we thought it would turn out. And, you know, the, the, the feeling of Peter having this idea of, I'm going to be this fisherman, and this is what I'm going to do. I didn't make it as a rabbi, so I'll just go into fishing. Now, you know that usually fishermen were oftentimes people who didn't make it as rabbis. They didn't make it into the, they, they weren't smart enough. They didn't, they couldn't, they just couldn't do it. And so they fell to their second occupation, which was for him, fishing. It could have been carpentry. It could have been whatever. But to be a rabbi was highly looked at in that time of, in that time of, of era in, in history. But we see Peter, he's, not only failed as a rabbi, but he's also failing as a fisherman. And he's faced with some, some, some discouragement in his life, and he's faced with some situations in his life where he's having to face his limitations. And I think that for us, for us, if we're honest with us, that's one of the worst days of our lives when we have to face something that we thought we would be great at, we thought we would be farther along at, and now here we are standing face-to-face with something called limitation. And this is where Peter is, and it's interesting, it says that Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of the lake, Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to hear Jesus 
the word of the word of, of Jesus. And it's interesting that we have a multitude. So we've got a multitude of people pushing in to hear Jesus, right? And then over here, we've got Peter cleaning his nets. And this is the power of limitation. This is the power of when you feel boxed in, you have a group of people over here pressing in to know Jesus, and then you've got discouragement so heavy that he can't even see the provision that's in front of him. Because you see, Jesus was the source of provision for him to get free from what he was bound in. But yet, he was so caught up in looking through his net, I can't believe there's got to be a fish in here somewhere. I mean, there's got to be something here. And how many times, for how long are we going to search through the net of limitations and wonder, am I going to find something I can use to say that I'm not a failure, to say that I'm not a loser? And here is Jesus showing up on the shore to be able to be something for him, but Peter's lost complete interest in Jesus and all the crowd. You have to know that this crowd wasn't just quiet. I mean, they were, cr they were crowding in and, and screaming, Jesus, we want to hear you. I mean, all of these things. And so Jesus asked Peter, can I borrow your boat and begin to share with the crowd? And you know, Peter, as he's being asked is he's probably like, yeah, you can borrow my boat because I'm never going to use it again because I'm a terrible fisherman. Right? And, and at the end of the day, this is what a lot of us face is we, we are facing this opportunity for Jesus to ask us to get into something that, we, that we've been using for so long and we finally failed so many times. And Jesus is saying, can I borrow the thing that you're failing at? Can I get into the thing that you're not quite measuring up to? And he says, can I get into it? And Jesus has an opportunity to say, to be told no or yes. And Jesus takes the risk. He says, Peter, push me out. Push me out into the shore. I mean, out off the shore into the, into the water so I can preach to the crowds. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever felt where you've been successful in one thing and then in the next moment, failure. You know, that, that's a tough place. But you know what that is? It's called being a human. And so many of us have a problem with, with failure. We don't have a problem with success, right? Because success lets us know we've achieved, we've arrived, we've gotten to this place. And Peter is being confronted with his humanity. And I want you to know this morning that you need to not look at your failure and your flaws and your being boxed in as something that, that you're not worthy to live. It's simply humanity. And it's God's opportunity to get into your humanity. Had Peter been a successful fisherman, he would have never let Jesus into the boat. He would have been too preoccupied fishing because he was successful at it. And so many times we look at a limitation in our lives like something that, that is pushing God away when it's actually something that brought Jesus to the shore anyway. You have to understand, Jesus showed up not to preach to crowds. Jesus showed up to get into Peter's boat, to get into the thing that he was boxed in and limited in. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus came to get into your box, to get into your world and let you know, I know you see yourself as a failure. I know you see yourself as not measuring up. You've been divorced. You've gone bankrupt. You've already been fired from four jobs. Your kids aren't serving Jesus. You see what I'm saying? You're never going to measure up. And, and you go through all these things. I can't believe I did that. I was a Christian. And look at what I've, the decisions I've made. But Jesus showed up at the shore. 
He showed up at the shore, maybe to preach to crowds, but it was an opportunity to be able to get in to Peter's boat. And I want you to know that Jesus is waiting at the shore, and he's asking you and I the same thing. Can I get in your boat? Can I get into your boat? And this is the question is, will you let him get in your boat? Will you let him get in and crawl in to your limitations and to the things that you see yourself as a failure at? Because let's be honest, nobody wants to let everybody else know where they fail. Everybody on Instagram shows all about what they're really good at, what was successful. Nobody shows the mistakes and the flaws. No one gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to do a morning video before I put any makeup on, before I fix my hair, before I put my clothes on. Hey, world, I just want you to know, we wait till we're primped, we're, we're primpy, and we got all of our hair done, and we got all of our stuff looking good, right? Because we want people to know how we look when we're already dolled up. But maybe Jesus wants to meet you when you're all messed up so he can show you what he can do with you. See, a lot of us, we don't get to see what Jesus can do because we're trying to live a, 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 a one life here. Well, this is, I've got it all together, and we don't want to let anybody else know that we fail. But let me tell you, you are human, and you have limitations, and oftentimes they're God-ordained so that he could get into your life, so that he could get into your world. See, Jesus uses what you want to avoid. See, Jesus uses what you're trying to skirt around. Jesus uses to get into. Oh, I'm fine, fine. No, Jesus wants to get into that, into that mess of yours. But you see, your boat, what it is, is it, it's this thing saying, I'm just, I didn't measure up, God. Because he should have been taking all of his catch to the dock, to get it cashed in, but he had nothing. See, look, what's empty for you and me, because this boat was empty, right? What, what's empty for Peter was available to Jesus. So many of us look at our lives like we're empty, like we don't have anything to offer. I mean, why, why would I need my boat? Why, why, would I, why would I need to do anything for Jesus? Why, why do I have, what do I have to offer? I came from this type of lineage. I came from this type of lifestyle. I came from this type of circumstance. Why would, why would you want to use my boat? Because it's available. And Jesus loves to use what's available. But you see, Peter was so distracted and so discouraged by what he wasn't that he missed out on the voice of Jesus and seeing maybe there's something else here. And see, this is the power of discouragement. is when you allow your failures to become so real and you put so much weight into the failure, you never see the provision that's waiting for you. My question for you this morning is, how much is Jesus, how, how, how long has he been waiting to get into your world, but you discredit it and you think he wouldn't want into this life. He wouldn't want into this world. 
Did you see me last night? Did you see how I acted? Did you see how I reacted? Did you see what I did last year? But Jesus, it's interesting that Jesus, if he could have chosen anybody, I, if I'm Jesus, I'm picking people who are successful. Is that too real? I want people who are already knocking it out of the park. Okay? I want people who were throwing touchdowns and catching them. Right? And this is how you and I think Jesus picks. And the problem with that is that that creates a theology in our lives where as long as we are doing good for God, God loves us. But at the moment that I fail, God doesn't want me. And that's not the truth. You see, but the one thing you do have to do is you have to admit the area of limitation. You have to admit the, the, the area of limitation because it initiates the process. You have to be willing to say, okay, I'm a terrible fisherman. I mean, I've never been this terrible. I've never not caught a fish. You can't say, oh, it's just a bad day, the weather. That is not admitting. Admitting is owning up to where you failed so that Jesus can step into your world and do what he wants to do. And as long as you try to skirt it and not admit it, you're just, you're just pushing God away from the boat and saying, not right now. What I'm saying is this is so many of you want your lives to change. So many of you want things to be different. But until you admit to the fact that you have failed, God can't step into your boat and do something different with your life. Right? We want to hold that boat and say, maybe there's another chance. No, there is no other chance. You are a terrible fisherman. Give the boat to Jesus. Right? See, the lack of talent doesn't eliminate Jesus. The lack of talent didn't stop Jesus. It permitted him. The fact that Jesus, that, that Peter was terrible, it actually gave Jesus permission. And so many of us are looking at it like this failure and this thing that I'm boxed in as this limitation and this, this thing that God can't get into. But it actually, actually, it's what permits him into it. Because if, it, if you were doing great in it, you wouldn't have asked him to get in. Right? You have to walk away from the idea of security. See, Peter, as bad as he was as a fisherman in that moment, could have easily still found security in the fact that he has a boat and a net. I think some of y'all missed that. In other words, what I'm saying is that it's just you have something, and so you cling to this thing, even though this thing can't get you farther in your life with Jesus, and you just still cling, I got a boat. I got a net, I got, a, I got this, I got that. And Jesus is just like, seriously? Dude, you fished all night, and you didn't catch a thing. But I got a boat, and I got a net. Well, what does it matter if you can't catch fish? And so many of us are just like, well, I got this, I mean, I got this, and I got that. And you were pushing Jesus away from the opportunity to step into your world and meet you where you're at. 
Look, I understand that it takes a lot to have to admit that you failed. It takes a lot to have to admit that your emotions were out of control. It takes a lot to admit that the decision that you made was wrong. But use that same energy and give it to Jesus and let him do something with it. Right? Look, your boat, your thing, see, your failure, your flaw, your mistake can be a hindrance or it can be what releases you into a completely different life. So right now, you have a choice. You're Peter. You're on the shore. Jesus is here. He's asked to get in the boat. He's asked to get into your life, into your boat, into your thing. And right now, it can be a hindrance to allowing him to move deeper into your life, or it can be what actually releases it. You say, all right, I'm going to own the fact that I've failed, that I've made a mistake, that I've made some bad decisions, that I've made some bad choices, that I didn't hear the voice of God, that I missed it. And own it. And in that, Jesus gets in, and that's where everything changes in the story. So, just so you know, if you go through this Bible, there's not a single story that you will find of someone who was successful and accomplished that God used. Our kingdom, the kingdom that we're built on, the kingdom that you serve, the king that you serve, he's built his kingdom on losers. <laughs> and so many of us are trying to be this, this person, I'm going to set the bar. No, you're not. You're still a loser, and you still need Jesus. And until you own the fact that you are a loser that Jesus can use, you will never be used. Well, I mean, I, I just think I'm different. No, you're different, all right. You got pride that can fill a room. Is that too much? Okay. <laughs> this is Sunday morning, right? I shouldn't be. <laughs> you see, look, we're all a bunch of losers that Jesus has chosen to use. I'm a loser. You're a loser. We're all losers. Right? That's even, that's like we're laughing because it's like, it's actually honest. I mean, actually thinking about it theologically, that's actually right. Right? Yeah, it is. Because that's who Jesus uses. Because he likes to be able to get glory through losers. And if we would be able to willing to say, look, get in my boat. I'm terrible at fishing. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know why I do this. I was terrible at trying to be a rabbi. I was terrible at trying to be a fisherman. I mean, do what you want, Jesus. And just let him do something in your life. Maybe you would stop being terrible and stop living in a box called failure and stop living in a box called I don't know how to do anything. See, verse 5, it says this. I'm going to read in verse 4 first, but it says, Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, hey, Peter, now row out into the deep. Into the deep water to cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. 
It's interesting that Jesus tells him, go out to deep water. Don't just throw it out because, you know, then he has to really look like he's fishing again. Oh, no, I was just hanging out at the shore, you know, just catching the weather, just hearing what you were saying. He tells him, go out to the deep water. That's risk. Just so you know, that's what that means. Go out into deep water and make yourself look like a fool. And then throw out your net. That's obedience. So go ahead and take a risk and be, the, be obedient to me and see what happens. Risk plus word, at my word, risk plus obedience equals great catch. We all want a great catch without risk and obedience. That's not how losers roll. Losers throw nets out in deep water when they've never caught anything and bring in a great catch. Losers are raised up in a pasture called the little shepherd boy who are raised up to be a king. Losers are people who are stutterers and he tells them to go into Egypt and split the Red Sea and walk through it on dry land. That is what Jesus has called you and I to do. So you can continue to pamper your failure or you can continue to own it and say, you know what, I'm willing to let God break me out of something that I have so oftentimes tried to cling to. See, the success of your future is the ability to adjust to his. You want your future to change? Change what you're doing. It's when you buy into this idea of, you know what, success isn't about me doing what I thought I would do and what I should do. Success is about me becoming obedient and following the plan of God for my life. Again, I go back to when I was 18 years old and 19, year old, 19 years old, and God began to shift my heart to begin to preach to, to people. I could have easily said, you know what, I, I fail at that. Literally, I failed at oral communications. But God uses losers like me. And says, hey, I want you to go preach in front of people. Lots of people. Like more than five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could have either bailed or could have said, you know what, I'm going to adjust my life to your plan. And so many of you are trying to skirt around and you're trying to adjust God's plan to yours because it's a little bit more comfortable. It's a little bit easier. I thought God would want me to do this. I remember when God told me to go to two services and I was like, yeah, okay, that's great. We'll do it next year. That would be great. And he said, no, we'll do that in September. Excuse me? Like three months from now? Yeah. My plan would have been very different. But you know what happened? We grew by 100 people in one month. Why? It's not because of me. It's because I adjusted my fear to his plan. And I just wonder, you're thinking about how is this going to work, God? It's not about how you need to figure things out. That's, that's not what we do as believers. We don't try to figure out the answer before we do it, or that's not faith. We just say, God, how, how are you going to do this? Like, okay, I'm just adjusting my life to your plan. See, obedience is the only thing that will get you out of the middle of stuck. If you want to out of your stuck, become obedient. That's way easier said than done. 
But if you want out of where you're at in this mindset of like, I'm never going to get to this place. I'm always going to be at this, this place in my life. I'm always going to have this over my head. If you want out of that, you have to be willing to be obedient. When everybody else would knock you and say, dude, you've been fishing all night. You're going to go back out again. You're terrible. Why would you do that? This is why he would do that. He says, Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night. Like, I just want to throw this out there. You take it or leave it. Okay, you're not going to take it. Okay, go ahead. All right, cool. So we have been fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. Your excuses don't scare God. He knows how much, how much you've messed up. He knows all those things. He goes, he didn't say, oh, Peter, never mind, then don't do it. You're right, I was totally wrong. I mean, <laughs> what am I thinking? That's ridiculous to tell you to go fish again when you're that bad. No, that's not here, is it? No. He says, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. And sometimes that's all you've got to get out of your box is his word. That's all you've got. See, excuses only reinforce your limitations. That's what they do. Excuses, they only say, hey, you know what, you're, not, you're always going to be this. They always create this potential to never be a possibility. That's what excuses do. Is they create, they give power to limitations, and they stop the potential of what could be. Right? So a lot of us, this is what we look like. We look like this person who now we've had limitations and, you know, we walk around where we were once just free. And the more limitations, the more excuses, I'll, I'll fail if I try. I'm terrible. I'm not enough. I'm not rich enough. I can't. I'm trapped. And before you know it, these become a badge of honor in our lives. And we say, hey, I'm limited God can't use me because of all the things that I am. You could put probably some more on here. You could probably fill this up a little bit. And isn't it amazing how we pretty up the excuses? It's like, oh, let's use some really pretty green and some red. That's really pretty. Yeah, you did a great job on your excuses. Yeah, that's real. Don't, I want to read the rest of your excuses. I have no confidence. Maybe you would if you'd give it to Jesus. But uh, nobody ever could love me. Jesus does love you. And, you know, we could fill our lives with all of these excuses. And I think that what Jesus really wants to do is this. Okay. If Jesus wants to. Amen with you to your excuses and he wants to say so this is what it's like to be you well this is what it's like to be me and he wants you to break out of the things that you are limited in but oftentimes we won't let God into our box 
And so we live our lives with excuses when God is saying, if you will let me in, I will break you free from the things that have been stopping you from living an unlimited life. The Bible says that we have resources that are unlimited, but we can only have those resources when we've chosen to connect to that kingdom. So God is asking us, will you believe? Will you go out into the deep? Will you cast your net where you've casted it before and see what happens? See, Jesus doesn't look for success. He doesn't walk the shore to see who's the best fisherman. He doesn't walk the shore to see who's got it all together. Man, you look like, oh, you've been married this long, and you've got this amount of money, and you've got this in your 401k. I want you. You've never yelled at your husband? I definitely want you. Because that's a miracle. (laughs) Right? No? Okay. (laughs) So Jesus isn't looking for sex. Okay, success. I did it again. I'm just kidding. Man, my, my mouth is dry. I can't help it. Success. Got to use it. Sorry. You know, all right. So, I don't know, my tongue, man. Y'all are so funny. We were just on marriage last week. I mean, you would think that this would be... But he's not. He's not looking the sh- for the shore in the shore. It's like the shore success, and all. It's like tongue tied, you know. And uh, you try this. <laughs> Look, I make mistakes. I'm a loser. Jesus is using me. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. Let's use the illustrated sermon. I'm your illustration. Uh, awesome. I'm glad I could be an illustration today. But he's not. He's not looking down the shore for success. He's looking for surrender. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for those that are on the shore who are willing to surrender over their lives, their circumstances, their situations, and say, look, I've got to give this to you. It says this, when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish. So much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. And what was once a limitation and an empty boat became something that was drowning in success. Right? Because he was willing to be obedient, the story changes drastically. And I believe that success is waiting for you and for me. But it takes you and me to surrender before we ever see it. Verse 10 goes on and it says this. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including the, fisher, fishering, the fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebediah, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear. It's interesting that he says, do not yield to your fear, yet they're in the the greatest miracle that they've ever had. Why does Jesus use this terminology? Why does he say, don't yield to your fear? I mean, he's in the middle of seeing the largest amount of fish he's ever caught in his life. Because I believe it was the response that Jesus was about to give. And it was this. 
Don't yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. You see, one of the biggest hindrances sometimes to us seeing God do things is the success after being obedient. Because, see, that wasn't all that Jesus had for him. There was something more significant waiting for him. And he knew that he was going to be faced with, oh, my gosh, like there's all of this surplus of fish. Do you know how much money this is? Right? I mean, do you know how much money this is? This is like lottery stuff. And you're asking me to walk away from it for this? And he had the opportunity. Jesus didn't beg him. It didn't go through like this, like this whole, you know, speech of like, well, I mean, if you do, I mean, I promise you I'll give you more fish than that. There'll be more than that. He just said, hey, if you want to come follow me. Because, see, that's what happens when you see what Jesus can do with your life when you know how messed up you are. That the, what you could get because of what he provided already wasn't, Peter knew that wasn't because of me, that was because of him. And I could buy into that and sell out to what he provided already, or I could live a life with him where I never have to worry. See, fulfillment is found on the other side of limitation. If you're really looking for fulfillment, it's on the other side of limitation. It's on the other side of what you're going to have to go through to get there. And that's the question for all of us, is will we leave the two boats full of fish, a temporary fix, temporary supply of resources? Because that's really tempting if we're honest. Don't lie to yourself. That is tempting. But Jesus says, hey, I've got something more for you. But you have to leave this to have what you can have. But see, this is the deal, is that if you've lived your whole life to see that, you'll probably stay. It's true. If Jesus finally does bring this spouse into your life and you finally get married or you finally arrive at this certain amount in your 401k, you finally arrive to this whatever, you finally get there, then you know what, you're probably going to stay. But when you understand who provided that, that's what will cause you to walk away from it. Because if he did it there, when I was the most unsuccessful that I've ever been, surely he can do some stuff with me when I'm following him. If you would stand with me this morning. See, I believe Jesus needed him to have to face some frustration. Because he knew, Peter, if you can't handle frustration, you won't be able to handle fulfillment. Sometimes right now, the season that you're in is this, this you just feel like, man, this, I just feel like I'm so trapped. And maybe that's God-ordained. Maybe it's not. But it's so that you understand that frustration is tough. But fulfillment is better. And sometimes we can forget how bad things are when things are good. 
So God wanted to remind Peter, look, this is what it's like when it's really bad. Maybe you do catch a few fish here and there, and it's great. But that frustration of being a loser and being a failure is when Jesus steps in says, hey, I'm going to bring fulfillment into your life. I stand here today to tell you that Jesus is ready to break the box of excuses and limitations in your life. But you're going to have to let him in your boat, and you're also going to have to leave your boat. See, limitations will always be a result when you trust the wrong sort. The, the wrong source. Man, my tongue. Dear Jesus, help me. Because there's a source on both sides. It's, if it's the source of failure, that's actually what's feeding you. There's a source that comes from that, and it just constantly feeds you. You are a failure. You are a loser. You're never going to measure. You're, right? Think about it. Think about whenever you're failing, something is feeding you. Right? Something is being the source to that. And you will always stay there until you change the source. Until, Jesus, until, until Peter changed the direction of what he followed, nothing changed. And you can go through scripture. There's nowhere else that you find Peter lacking. We see him exposed at the very beginning, lacking. And then the next thing you see is him dying upside down, being crucified, saying, I'm not worthy. Because Jesus was all he needed. This morning I challenge you with this, is that maybe there's something in your life. Maybe there's this limitation, this failure, this flaw. And I want to ask you this morning, will you let Christ in to your situation? If that's you this morning, you say, that's me, I've got... I've got something that I've been so resistant to let go of. I've been holding on to this thing, and I've put who I am in it, and I need free from it. I want to ask you just to slip your hand up, and I want to pray for you. You say, I've put my worth in this thing that I'm not even good at. I've put my, my value in things that I'm flawed in. Keep those hands up. I just want to want to pray with you. They're all over. Don't worry. There's more people. You Man, Lord, you see every hand raised. You see what they're facing. God, you see what they're holding on to with a death grip, God. God, I, I pray that they would be freed from these things that are holding them down that are literally boxing them into a smaller world. God, I pray that right now you would restore, that you would give them strength, that you would give them grace to walk away from the boat and follow you. Lord, I pray for those in here this morning who've maybe never prayed the prayer of salvation. They've never said yes to Jesus. They, they've never committed their heart to you, their life to you. And they say, I want to know who this Jesus is. I want to give my life to him. If that's you this morning, whether you're rededicating your life, whether you're just committing your life to Christ for the first time, 
you would, just slip your hand up real quick so I can pray with you. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning? If you would just pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus died for my sins, that he was raised again on the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, transform me from the inside out, reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? If you would, make sure you get something. Somebody has a gift for you, so you can get it at the guest counter, or an usher will get that for you. We love you guys. It's good to have you.